you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Welcome to the birthday party for the church. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless our youth. You can be dismissed to your classroom today. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. I want to speak to each of you. Thank you for making the effort to be here today. To our guest, God bless you. And thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. It's Pentecost Sunday. As has been stated several times, this is the birthday of the church in the book of Acts. Imagine the world prior to Pentecost, the world without the church. There were righteous people, but the unified effort of the church, the body of Christ, the church had not yet assembled. There were righteous people that went and worshipped individually, but the unified effort of the church had not yet come together until the book of Acts when they gathered in the upper room. Then the unified effort of the church comes together, ordained of God, and the church, 2,000 years later, is alive and well and moving the gospel forward. I'll be preaching from the book of Acts today. It's fitting that I do so. And, and while you turn with me to the second chapter of the book of Acts, let me say there's something very different about this book. Most of the rest of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation, in most translations all end with the word amen, meaning the subject is completed and now it is a salutation or a prayer or a comment, meaning let it come to pass. But the book of Acts doesn't end with an amen because it was never intended to end there. The book of Acts continues today. God's still filling people with his spirit today. 
He's still working. Miracles, signs, and wonders are still happening today. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach a message about Pentecost. And I've chosen for a title and for a thought and for a subject today, Pentecost, fact or fiction? Pentecost, fact or fiction? Lord, help us this morning to preach what you have put in our heart. I pray today that by the time that I am completed with what you have put in my heart, that your spirit and your power manifest in this room and that lives are touched, and that unbelievers have become believers, and that people are changed and people are filled with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. Pour it out today, God. Do what you can do and I cannot. Let our faith be released in this house this morning to see your work. In Jesus' name, let everyone shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. The word Pentecost, it's not really subjective. Pentecost is more than a denomination. As a matter of fact, Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is an experience. When you ask someone what faith they are, when they began to try to break down denominations. I'm not here to do that this morning. I'm here to talk to you about the experience, the biblical experience in the book of Acts that happened to fall on the day of Pentecost. And it became significant and is known as the Pentecostal experience because of the day that it was poured out, the day that it happened. Many years ago, the religious world began trying to discount the Pentecostal experience. The early modern Pentecostals were mocked and even scorned. Much has changed. Today, not so much mocking. Today, many mainstream denominations, if not most mainstream denominations, are in decline. But the Pentecostals are not only not in decline, but are the fastest growing Christian movement in the world. Because His truth is marching on. In an attempt to keep pace, those who once mocked 
the Pentecostal experience are now embracing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and its foundational story that we find in the book of Acts. It is without a doubt a fact of Scripture. One chooses to ponder in his mind whether this experience was only for that day or if indeed the Pentecostal experience is continued to be poured out. I hope before I'm done this morning I can persuade you that many people in this room can testify of the same identical experience that happened in the book of Acts when the Holy Ghost came and they were filled and began to speak with other tongues. I was but a mere child, seven years of age on a Thursday night in a small rural community in East Texas. I haven't a clue how I got from the floor to literally physically standing on the altar bench. But back in those days, we had benches that we came and knelt at. Now we use the face of the platform. In those days, the altar benches were in the front. And when I realized where I was, and I opened my eyes, and people were rejoicing, and I was trying to speak in English, I was standing on top of the altar, and there was no English coming out of my mouth. But I was speaking with other tongues, not a language I had learned, not a language that I had been taught, but as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That apostolic Pentecostal experience is still being poured out today. The word Pentecost, it comes from a Greek word meaning 50 or 50th or the 50th part. Among the Jews, it was applied to three of the great feast which began on the 50th day after the Passover. They celebrated the Passover 50 days later. They celebrated Pentecost. The feast began actually the second day of the Passover. The Passover lamb was slain on the 14th day of the month and the evening. And on the 15th day of the month, the holy convocation, the proper beginning of the feast on the 16th day, was the offering of the first fruits harvest. And from that day, they were to count seven weeks that is 49 days, to the feast of the feast of Pentecost so that it occurred 50 days after the first day of the feast of the Passover. This feast was also called the Feast of Weeks because it occurred after the lapse of a week, of week seven of seven days or seven full weeks from the Passover. It was also a harvest festival and was accordingly called the Feast of Harvest as it was for this reason that two loaves were made of new meal that was offered on this occasion as a first fruits, meaning they didn't wait until the end of the harvest to come and to bring what was left over. 
But instead, they harvest the, the beginning harvest. It was a sample harvest. And they brought, it was about 10% of the harvest. And they brought it in. And they offered it unto the Lord as an offering for what the rest of the harvest was going to bring. There were a lot of festivals in those days, maybe more so than even we have today. There were a lot of festivities that took place during these feasts, particularly during this feast of Pentecost. There was a reason to celebrate. God had delivered his people out of the bondage of Egypt, and God had supplied their need, and he had salvaged and saved their children. But all the firstborn of those who did not have the blood over the doorpost were forever lost. But there's something that we must consider this morning about Pentecost until the book of Acts. The book of Acts account of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the feast of Pentecost lacked any eternal significance. It was nothing more than a simple family reunion, if you please. Oh, it was a time to be looked forward to. It was a time where people gathered. They saw family that they hadn't seen since the last feast gathering. They came in from the fields of harvesting the first 10%. They brought it in and offered it as a sacrifice, gave it as an offering. Families got together. Mills were prepared. They saw the family members that they hadn't seen for a while. This feast had become a very important ritual, a family ritual, if you please. It was a time of celebration. It was a time of giving thanks and offerings unto the Lord. This feast had become a ritual for Israel. It was a designated time to celebrate. They thanked God for the Passover. They thanked God for their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. They are gathered with family. Meals are prepared. But this feast, this feast that they celebrated on that specific time and that specific day that was designed for celebration, but when they left, they left the same way they came. They left with full bellies. They left with excited hearts. They left with new memories, cherished thoughts, gathering with the people that they loved, gathering with family, sharing recipes and great meals and wonderful stories, thanking God, worshiping God. It was the feast of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they ate, they left, and they went home. But in the book of Acts, there was a little different story. The Bible said in Acts chapter 2, that account is somewhat different. Because on this particular year, as they gathered for their feast, the mood was a little different in the city of Jerusalem. Maybe it was because just a few weeks before, Jesus Christ had been crucified. And there were claims that he had resurrected from the grave. The, the, those were, that were buying into his story, they were claiming that they saw him in the streets just a few days prior to their arrival into the city of Jerusalem. And perhaps there was a buzz in the city. Have you seen a dead man walking? 
Have you seen anything ghost-like? Have you seen anything that resembled the man named Jesus that for the last three times that we've gathered in the city, there's been a stir all throughout the city because he was healing the lame. He was cleansing lepers. The dumb were talking, the deaf were hearing. Lives were being changed. He was forgiving those that should be put to death. He was stepping through the law and offering mercy and grace to people. There was a stir in all the city. But this year, they killed him. Just a few days before he died. But the claims are that he had resurrected from the grave and that he was seen walking. Many people are declaring a story that they saw him walking. They were talking about it. They were wondering about it. There were those that were vying for the fact I personally saw him in the streets. Those who were buying into his story were claiming that they saw him only a few days before. They not only saw him, but they were there with him. And they saw him as he ascended. And as though it were some sort of heavenly, mystical transfiguration that happens on the mountainside. They literally, physically saw Jesus as he departed and ascended into glory. Thomas was there and he was the doubter of all doubters. He was the one that could say, listen everybody, I affirm to you, you all know me, the great skeptic, the doubting one, the one that could not possibly believe. I told him, if you are who you say you are, let me take my hand and let me place it into your side. Let me place my hands and feel the nail prints to see that that isn't just some berry juice on your hands. Thomas lays his hand into his hand and puts his hand into his side and he comments, my Lord and my God, you are who you say you are. I vouch, people, I was there. I felt the nail prints. I saw him. Many people around saw him as he spoke to us. It was Jesus of Nazareth. I walked with him, heard his teaching for three and a half years. I followed his ministry. We slept on rocks together between Galilee and Jerusalem. We, we were all throughout the region roundabout. I know Jesus. I know who he is. It was no imposter. As a matter of fact, I am certain. And when I felt his side, I knew it was him. And as he stood before us, he told us, I go away. But if I go away, I send unto you the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. But go ye, he said, and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high. Now, I'm not sure what that looked like. We've never, no one has ever experienced 
this power before. No one really knows exactly what to expect. But this man Jesus that I followed for three and a half years, that I felt his nail prints, that told us to go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem, I watched him as he ascended into the heavens. He departed. He left us. Stories such as Thomas's story is being told all throughout the city of Jerusalem. Families are gathered. They're perhaps staying up late wondering, mystified over all that is going on in the city of Jerusalem. But all the other years they came, they gathered, and they left. They talked, they shared stories, but there was no change. But this year, some of the family members were not at the family reunion. Some were not at the Pentecost festival. You know, the one, the feast of Pentecost. The one where grandma always cooks the favorite hummus. But they're not here. Because that man Jesus that ascended before he left said go and tarry in Jerusalem. Those people took him literal. 120 people gathered together. I don't know what they're thinking. They went, got in a little upstairs room right in the middle of the old city of Jerusalem. Instead of coming down here, can you imagine? They've been in a prayer meeting for 10 days. 10 days, 120 people were in a prayer meeting. Can I pause in this message for a moment to ask you, how bad do you want an Acts chapter 2 Holy Ghost outpouring in your church? Could we even show up 10 nights in a row to a prayer meeting? Much less spend 10 days and nights together with 120 with no conflicts, no power struggles, no complaints, nothing but faith and expectation because Jesus said, if I go away, I'll send the comforter and we've come to stay until it happens. What would happen on this Sunday morning if 120 people would say lunch doesn't matter, plans doesn't matter, what's going on next week doesn't matter, but we've come because he said by his stripes we are healed. What would happen if we gathered with such faith and expectation? So this loyal group of Jesus' followers gathered for 10 straight days. All they're doing is praying. After 10 days, they're in such incredible agreement. No conflicts, no power struggles, no personalities grading people the wrong way. As a matter of fact, there's no fussing. Nobody's leaving because they want to go eat. They are gathered here and all we know is that the Bible said they were in one place 
they were in one mind and they were in one accord, which means one complete set of, it was a unity that you will never find in any civic organization. You'll never find it in any other, in any corporation, any business, any function. As a matter of fact, you probably won't find 120 family members that can stand to get together for 10 days and 10 nights and still be loving one another at the end of 10 days. But there was something about the 120 on the day of Pentecost that could gather for 10 days. They set a pattern for the church. Mm. The church was built and founded on an unimaginable spirit of unity. This group of about 120 who believed the words of Jesus gathered in a small upstairs room in the middle of Jerusalem having prayer meetings. And it became the talk of town. I know I've told the story a little differently maybe than what you've read it, but I believe I stayed well within the bounds of scriptural context. The scripture in the book of Acts says it like this. And it was noised abroad. It meant there were conversations about what was happening in the upper room going on all throughout the town. In the middle of conversation, Uncle John comes running up saying, those people in that prayer meeting have something weird going on. Something we've never seen. Something we've never experienced. Something we know nothing about. It was noised abro abroad. They thought it strange. They found it odd. Can I pause for a moment to tell you that there was nothing odd? Jesus told them what was going to happen. But it was against their culture. It was against their nature. It was against any experience that they had ever had before. They had nothing to compare it to. So they found it strange, odd, weird. Don't be set back when people look at you that have had the Pentecostal experience and scoff at you and make light of you. Don't find it strange. It happened on the day of Pentecost. And people who have never experienced it, they would find it strange that someone would speak in a language that you have never learned. They would find it strange that people would gather like they did in such incredible unity for such extended prayer meetings. It's the talk of town. It had grabbed the attention of the city. People were amazed by this group and on this final day of the feast, the very last day, the whole season of Pentecost festival had come to fruition. It's the very final day. It's the last day when they break out the best of the best 
It's the day that we're going to gorge ourselves before the long journey home. The attention of the city had been grabbed. People are amazed. The final day had happened. Pentecost was about to become complete and people were preparing to travel back home like they had for eons of times, year after year, coming and leaving the same way that they came to the Feast of Pentecost. But this Feast of Pentecost in the book of Acts was somewhat different. Because on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, meaning the day had arrived, the hour had come, dinner was being served when the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set up on each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Up until this point, Pentecost was just a celebration with no eternal significance. But now Pentecost has ushered in a power to change a life. Lives were literally being transformed by this new experience that was happening on the day of Pentecost. People began to ask the question, men and brethren, what must we do? Acts chapter 2 verse 14, Peter Standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunk as ye suppose. Because it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that that the prophet Joel several hundred years ago had prophesied about. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Peter goes on preaching his message. Verse 37 says, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? Not the 120 that were there. What what are we supposed to do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was just for the 120 on the day of Pentecost. 
Peter fixed that in verse 39. For the promise. For the promise. The promise Jesus gave before he ever ascended. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all them that are afar off. (laughs) That's all the way to 2019 on a Sunday morning in Frankfort, Indiana. For the promise is to you and your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's your promise. It's your promise. It's your promise. It's my promise. <coughs> Let me find an exit ramp here with this message. Be seated for a moment. So today we come to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. But we haven't come to celebrate a religious holiday. But we've come here today to experience a power that has the ability to change your life. We have come here to experience something that maybe some have never experienced before. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. I'm going to tell you how you can do that. You can obey what the Apostle Peter said when he said, repent and be baptized. If you do your part of repenting, changing your mind, changing your life, turning around, godly sorrow worketh repentance, saying, God, I'm sorry. I want to be something different. We have water ready. We have robes. We have towels. We'll be glad to baptize you on this Pentecost Sunday in the name of Jesus. When you come up out of that water, the blood of Jesus has washed and cleansed you. Here's what the Bible said. You shall. The biblical word that translates shall gives absolutely no way around it, the fact that it's going to happen. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is your promise. This Pentecostal day that we're celebrating is really a Pentecostal experience that is a promise to you on the day of Pentecost, to your children, that's beyond Pentecost, and to all them that are afar off, that's you and I, to as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Bible goes on to declare that He's calling men everywhere to repentance. As long as God's Spirit is still drawing, the Holy Ghost is still being poured out until the day that He calls the church home to glory the Holy Ghost is still being poured out it's your promise you can experience it you can have it the Holy Ghost will change you the Holy Ghost will do more than make you feel good it'll change your life it'll make you walk different talk different act different be different live different he'll give hope to the hopeless He'll lift you out of the miry clay, set your feet on a rock. He'll turn your life around. I came this morning to preach about a Pentecostal experience that will bring you out of drug addiction, bring you out of alcoholism, pull you up from depression, change you, bring you out of a life of sin. I want you to know the Holy Ghost and fire will keep you. It'll move you. It'll save you. It'll give you hope. It'll bring you salvation. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise.
up until Pentecost. All they had was Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. See, those this morning that are not celebrating Pentecost are only living in Matthew 3.11. It is a repentance in John's baptism. But John declared, I indeed baptized you with repentance, but he that come after me is mightier than I. He's talking about Jesus, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Because the Holy Ghost will put a burning passion in you. That you, if you have the I don't want to's, you need to filled with the Holy Ghost. You have a hard time wanting to get up and go to church. You need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost or filled with the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost will give you a passion. It'll be a motivator to you. It'll be a driving force. There's nothing more pathetic than a cold, drowsy, lethargic church. I pray this morning that God would baptize or rebaptize every one of us in this room this morning with the Holy Ghost and with fire. A church without the Holy Ghost and fire doesn't have spiritual strength to survive in this world. You can't plan, organize, construct, or put together a move of the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you what you can do. You can have a prayer meeting like they did on the day of Pentecost. And when God says it's time, the Holy Ghost is going to come. It'll fall upon you. And there's not a devil in hell. There's not an addiction that can hold you. There is nothing that can keep you back from receiving the promise that Jesus Christ has declared belongs to you. Why don't you look at your neighbor and ask them this morning, are you ready for another Pentecost? Are you, come on, stand to your feet, find a neighbor and ask them, are you ready for another Pentecost? I got more preaching to do but the Holy Ghost says it's time. Somebody in the room this morning has never been filled or it's been a long time since you have felt the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You ought to step out from where you are in faith this morning and walk up to the front of this room. Throw your hands in the air and begin to cry out to the Lord and say, I want that Pentecost. I want that Pentecostal experience. I want the Holy Ghost the preacher has preached about this morning. It's real. It's real. It's real. Come on, the only way you really know whether the Holy Ghost is facts or fiction is if you will experience it for yourself. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You just need to step in to the flow of what God is wanting to do this morning. The Holy Ghost is in the room. The power of God's Spirit is here. Why don't you reach out to Him right now from the front of this room all the way to the back of this room. Why don't you just throw your hands in the air and why don't you just cry out to the Lord this morning and let Him know I didn't just come on a Sunday morning to celebrate Pentecostal Day. 
but I want that Pentecostal experience fresh and new in me. Come on, cry out to the Lord right now. Cry out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shut up in my bones to the what we're going to do this morning now if you're in the room and you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost but you would like to experience what I have preached about this morning here's what we're going to do this is a bold step this is a difficult step I understand it but I want to make it as easy as possible but I just want you to consider stepping out in the aisle where you are, step right over. I just want to make this area right here, right here in the front, just right here. If that's you this morning and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you never have, I want you to step out from where you are. Or go ahead, go ahead and come. Now, as these are making their decision to come forward, if it's been a long time since you have been refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's been a long time since you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, but you want to have that experience fresh and new. Just, just as a confirmation to you that you know that you know that you know that you've been filled and that you were refilled with the Spirit of the Lord. I also open this area to you. All right, they're going to sing again, and when they start to sing, I want you to step out. All right, just as they start to sing here in just a moment, I want you to step out and come. Maybe there's nobody in the room that I preached to this morning, but if somebody today, I struck a chord with you, and you're saying, I want to receive that experience. If you will step forward today, I have the faith to agree with you. Do I have 120 people in this room that could gather together with us this morning and believe that God will pour out His Spirit afresh and anew today? Come on, lift your hand if you believe God will do it today. He'll do it today, so it's up to you. It's not on me. It's not on them. It's up to you. If that's you this morning, step right up to the front right now, and God will do it before we leave here this morning. Ready? In the name of the Lord, right now, give us courage. Give us wisdom to respond to what you're doing in Jesus' name. All right, there it is. Come step forward right now in the name of the Lord. If you want it, it's yours in Jesus' name.
because the Holy Ghost is already falling. The Holy Ghost is already falling. Somebody ought to rejoice in the Lord this morning. Come on, don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. Happen in the room. A healing could happen in the room. Yeah. 